Welcome to another episode of Read the Room on the No Filter Network. Look, it's the cheese elf. Look, there he is. It's the Christmas elf in Arizona. Bro, it snowed yesterday, so... Oh, my God. Hey, look who it is. He said it snowed in goddamn Arizona yesterday. That's horrible. It's horrible. God. It was. It was. It was really coming to an end. It's really yeah, coming it was, to an end. Yeah, it was fifty degrees here yesterday. God, it was almost sixty the day before. Oh well. Why is Uncle Rico going like this to us? I I don't know. Who knows? I think uh, maybe we should put a little bit more stock into what Carrie and Gore were saying at Davos. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of morons over there. I, I would like to know just exactly where on planet Earth the oceans were boiling. That's, you know, if you can help with that, I would greatly appreciate it. Can anybody, anybody want to chime in on that one real quick? Well, I think it, I think it just shows continued massive arrogance by the Democrats that they think they're actually important because if they think the humans on Earth can dictate and ruin a world that it was completely affected without them. I mean, we used to have fucking volcanoes, uh, the cold. It is so moronic to think that we are affecting the temperature on Earth. Yeah. I, just, I, I can't I, get it. I mean, we have, a vul- we have Moana Loa in Hawaii that is active right now for the first time in, what, 80 years? And yes. I don't think washing machines and um, ATVs or... Um, cane sugar tractors and farmers are a cause of that <laughs> well you better be careful because uh you know i hear france is looking into masking and diapering their cows to help oh with their, my god 30 percent yep true story uh one of their major dairy players over there has told been told to cut their carbon emissions by 30 percent. so diapers and masks are on the table and my I think my favorite report out of Davos was the fact that pros are upping their rate uh, and like flooding in there. Uh, if anybody doesn't know what a pro is, that is a prostitute, mm-hmm. a professional yep. uh, sex artist, if you will. Nice. And well, I mean, all, those old, all those old guys need to get it up uh, more than just looking at a spreadsheet. You know, mm-hmm. looking at Mark, why don't you spend? Um, 30 seconds explain to the audience what is the value and importance of Davos and who goes, etc. Because they, I think they hear this, but they have no clue. What yeah. yeah, Mike, I appreciate that. And uh, just to let everybody know, we're, we're kind of starting a new format um, on Read the Room, and we'll give you some details on that later. But quick and dirty on Davos. Davos is um, an annual sojourn, much like uh, the sojourn in Sun Valley that comes later in the spring uh, in Idaho of financial and global um, alleged leaders, also known as elites. So they fly in on their private jets and they dictate to everybody how the world should eat, sleep, behave and live. And then they go off and do exactly the opposite. So as it affects capital markets, is it important to a certain extent? I I personally like to hear from certain segments like the CEO of Chevron that reaffirms that we are going to be using fossil fuels for the next 50 to 80 years. 
but most of it is uh, the Golden Globes with snow around it in nice. uh, in goddamn Switzerland. That's about it. Um, and it's it's baked in the cake in markets, um, and it it has little to no effect on what's going on uh, in virtually any part of the globe. That's really it. That's really it. It's a it's the Golden Globes of financial uh, financial market. Uh, interests and uh, and global leaders and and uh, and it's over with and I think it's a four and a half day conference. Mm-hmm. Hence the name World Economic Forum. Uh, well, that's just basically the Third Reich, but with a, a different uh, logo, for the most part. Yeah, pretty Klaus much. Schwab can't wait for his heart to stop beating, but unfortunately, we're going to end up with Klaus Schwab Part Two. Uh, 3.0, 4.0, because these people think they actually uh, make a difference. I will say this, uh, Mike, in reference to your question, they're not, they're gaining and losing because yesterday the uh, uh, woke Davos laden uh, prime minister or former prime minister of New Zealand, president of New Zealand, resigned. I mean, if she's doing such a fantastic job over the last 54 months, what the hell did she does not resign? Well, and she's, she's resigning because she's going to get destroyed in the next elections and she doesn't she want is. to walk out a loser. So yeah. she's walking out something yeah. with her. We'll talk between links. Yeah. She's, she knows she's going to get her rear end handed to her. So yes, absolutely. this isn't about, Oh, I got tired. Give me a, give me a, no, break. no. And I think mm-hmm. the same thing's going to happen in Australia and a couple of other places. You know, and and look at Prime Minister uh, Maloney in uh, in Italy. Completely the opposite, a populist. We'll see how well she fares over the next three or four years. It is pretty insane. Yep, but I think that's good to talk about the elitists who are trying to run this world, which they actually do. So and let's be honest, this this Asinda character. I mean, she's trying to uh, culturally appropriate, as they like to say. From Hispanics, I mean, there's no New Zealander out there named Hacinda. Let's be honest, okay? I knew a lot of Hacindas growing up. They didn't come from New Zealand. So shame on her for my Mexican brethren who are not going to put up with this New Zealander pretending to be one of us. And secondly, she was absolutely insane with some of her policies in covid response like let's lay it out as it is she was literally telling nobody to go outside families to not meet she made it sound like it was a gift she even laid it out as a gift to be able to go and use a bathroom at somebody's house like she literally said that in a speech it was insane this sort of hardcore um isolation politics in it hurt the world we're seeing it here in america i see it every day in the education system how the covid response uh affected the next generation so shame on her glad to see she's getting out nobody's buying her bit so mike um you're you're running the agenda today so i'm gonna let you bounce it off of uh yours truly Sure, we are. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so what the what kind of the topics I wanted to go into is, or hear hear your opinion, guys, is what is going on in Congress of what's going to affect and get in the news in the next 
too much. The maybe the top two committees um, that are going to be the news. What is going to happen on those committees? Um, secondly, I'd love to talk about um, and hear your opinions on Biden, the Dem dysfunction, kind of what's been happening the past two weeks. Who's behind this? Um, Biden's future and um, the Democrat Party. Um, and then um, and we can get into maybe uh, Republican presidential uh, nominees, maybe your top three, why you feel that way, why you don't feel that way. We'll get to the Democrats maybe next week with you. So, yeah. Why so, don't you, kick for, you know, so I spent a lot of time on the Hill this week. I was literally was there Monday through Thursday and then all of last week because a lot of committees are being assigned they're not finished yet. That'll be finished next week. Um, a lot of colleagues of mine are getting on new committees. I'm getting calls to come in and talk about what do they mean? How do they behave on them? What, you know, what, what things uh, are important, not important, consistent with their boss's schedules. I personally think uh, that the two committees that are going to get the most visibility, uh, but also may get the most done, um, our Judiciary and the Oversight Committee. So the Judiciary Committee, notwithstanding its um, special select committee on the weaponization of the federal government, that Chairman Jordan uh, will also reside over, will be able to look at a variety of things from the origin of COVID uh, to um, the southern border. And I think that uh, the latter in particular is of a great deal of interest to the American public. And then you combine that with the oversight committee's uh, capability. And just so everybody knows, the oversight committee has authority over everything in government. Excuse me, it has oversight over everything in government and authority over nothing. It can expose, it can subpoena it can um, make suggestions, but other committees have to uh, enforce that through legislation, right? But it can be a um, PR nightmare and a pernicious pain in the butt to uh, regulators, heads of these committees, certainly the executive branch, as information is um, let out. And so one of the conversations I had yesterday with a colleague is judiciary oversight and homeland all need to be coordinated on this one particular topic that we were talking about, which you will see come out so that they are not ceding um, to the demands of the other side of the aisle when it comes to, in this case, abolishing ICE. There's a particular issue that they need to all be united on. And so I think you'll see that. I think oversight will also um, play a, a large role, both in the border and with what Biden and his uh, family have been doing for the last several years, uh, notwithstanding the uh, newer revelations of these classified documents. What do you think, Uncle Rico? So I agree. Um, in one aspect, well, a few actually, but I think the House Judiciary Committee that Jordan is heading is going to get the most play. Um, there's a lot of meat on that bone, and he's kind of a hammer, so I think that they're going to do a good job 
kind of peeling back the onions and really getting in there. There's so much meat left on this bone in terms of uh, the border Biden that I totally agree with Mark on all three to kind of work together uh, to really unpack what's been happening. And I also think that the new church committee is going to get some headlines. Uh, I like Massey a lot and I'm a fan of oversight in general. And with the way that the intelligence agencies have kind of been working to control a narrative and working with uh, media outlets, the government basically politicize them. I mean, it's nothing really new. We've seen it for a while. Shout out to Nixon. Uh, but I think it's so important to understand what the keys to democracy are. And Massey's pretty level-headed. Um, I like the way he kind of attacks things from his intellectual standpoint. So, so, so let me ask you this. What's going to happen on oversight when James Comer gets completely run over by the radical Republicans on that committee? He's a he's a he's a Southern country boy. I mean, I, I think he's going to get completely run over what he wants to do, and this will be hijacked into some pretty strong issues, which is good for us. I have no problem with that, but I don't think the chairman's going to be that powerful. What, what do you guys think? I um, so I I disagree. I you know I think Jim will run his committee uh, with a, a very clear and specific um, hand. I'm, I'm going to be very nice because Jim is a gentleman from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, but he is not a novice. Uh, if he it's has to... It's Tennessee. Rep, pardon me? It is uh, the great state of Tennessee. No, he's from Kentucky. He's from... Uh, um, he's he's from Ed Whitfield's old city. Oh, my bad, my bad. You're right. Kentucky one and I get out, I get out of politics for two years and I completely forget. <laughs> and Tennessee is a state; it's not a commonwealth, Michael. Uh, anyway, there's only five. Uh, anyway, um, so um, the um, he is not afraid to tell beforehand the Lauren Lauren Boberts, the AOCs, uh, this face alien from Massachusetts with a bald head um, to um, remember the decorum will be uh, uh, observed in his committee and he has the gavel and he'll use it, period. I, I'm not worried about that. However, so the answer, short answer is no, but comma, buy popcorn because there are going to be fireworks. It's going to be fun to watch Lauren Boebert and MTG pop off uh, at some of these knuckleheads uh, on the other side of the aisle and or witnesses, because it's always fun to watch Matt Gates piss off Democrats and piss off Democrat witnesses because he's a good interrogator. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, you're in your 60s or 70s and you're looking at this kid in the, with, on the other side of your microphone and you're like going, fuck you. <laughs> but you can't say it. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It's going to be fun, guys. Absolutely. It'll be a lot of fun. So true in the way that uh, committee is constructed. It's got a nice, a nice population of 
sound bites, and then you got some good litigators. Like you said, Gates is really good at getting under the skin of people, yeah. and he asks a lot of important questions. Uh, I think they're going to softball some questions to make Bobert and MTG seem like they're smarter than they actually are. Um, we'll know which questions they actually are asking and which ones have been written out for them. Uh, but I think they'll do a good job. And I am I'm a little bit worried about the sort of MAGA overlap into this, but here's here's the facts as they are. Like, we allowed kids to misbehave for a while, so now it's time they get a spanking. And however that looks, I'm okay with it. Well, I'm less, I'm actually less concerned about that because the the keywords that, and Mike and I wrote some notes uh, between each other over the course of this week, GOP organization, keyword, STEM dysfunction. Organization dysfunction are the two keywords relative to these two groups. The GOP is definitely organized on what they want to talk about. How they do it stylistically definitely will be some differences, no question about it. But they are focused on going after Biden, going after um, the border, right? Um, the dysfunction in the Democrat Party, to answer the other part of your question, Mike, uh, and to move move ahead a little bit is um, is rampant. It is really um, when you kind of look at it, you're almost sympathetic about how bad it is inside the Democrat Party, where they have um, taken a large amount of intellectual capital and experience uh, in Pelosi, Steny Hoyer. I mean, you still have you know uh, Jim Clyburn in leadership, sort of. But these cats are all in their 70s and 80s, and um, and these, you know, Aguilar, Clark, and uh, and Jeffries, please. I mean, these guys have barely been in Congress a decade. Okay, um, they're just figuring out how the whole system works, and so the left has said we're done with these guys and push these guys onto an iceberg, right? Even though you can kind of still see them in the distance, and they're floating around there and, and uh, um, Pelosi and Jeffries were in San Francisco fundraising together the last couple of days. The old you Eskimo know, age out. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, kind of, kind of just to, it just to interject and maybe move this over, over to the Biden fiasco that's going on the past two weeks. Something you've not heard at all. Nobody's coming to his rescue. You don't have Gavin. No. Nobody's coming to his rescue. But, but Gavin was standing ominously behind him yesterday in, in Santa, Santa Clarita while he was, you know, barking at some reporter for asking about classified documents. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah. So what were you going to say? Well, I'll just pop in here real quick. Nobody is going to come to Biden's aid and that's by design obviously i think at this point we can kind of connect the dots and see what's happening like his usefulness is no longer useful um he's basically going to be the sacrificial lamb and with these documents coming out the reason that he's going to be a sacrificial lamb is because he solely is responsible in this instance, instead of all of these other things where he had accomplices, you know, you can protect yourself a lot better here. 
let's just throw this one guy on the fire for this one issue instead of burning down the whole village. So they don't want them anymore. I don't know who's going to be replacing them because they really, uh, they're going to be struggling for candidates. Obviously, uh, Michelle and Newsom, I think, are at the top of that list. Obama leaked the information to CBS News on the documents, period. There's no there's no dispute in somebody yeah. like an Obama who did it. There's yeah. literally no dispute. Absolutely yeah. not. And so, first of all, I'll disagree with my brother in, uh, in Arizona. There is no way on God's green earth that Michelle Obama is ever going to be the nominee of the Democrat Party. It's not going to happen. Eh, no, it's not going to happen. Too people rich. are stupid. People like are stupid. Lifestyle. Don't ever underestimate the stupidity of the American population, especially no. people under thirty. It's not going to happen. First Sorry, of all, there aren't enough. There aren't enough of them under thirty. Number one, <laughs> and that vote, and number two, there aren't enough of them who um, who are Democrats under thirty that vote. To make up for the independents that'll go, uh, fuck no. And the Republicans on top of that. So, um, I mean, again, it's independents that win, uh, win campaigns, not D's and R's solely anymore. But, um, Obama leaked the damn document, crushed Joe because they got into a, a smoke filled room and said, we got to get this fucking guy out of here. Right. Yeah. Who they yeah. come up with. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, is he is he hypocritical on the on the you know classified documents? Hundred percent. Is DOJ hypocritical? Hundred percent. Did they treat Trump and and uh, and Biden the same way? No. Anybody and, who and let me uh, let me interject right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. President of the United States is allowed legally to take the documents. Allowed. 100%. The vice president. Doesn't get that ability to do that. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody yeah. wants. And at least yeah. Trump put it in a safe. This clown put it in his garage. So yeah, he's got a yeah. Biden's got a little Stanley lock on his on the front of his garage. And Trump inside Mar-a-Lago in a room designed by the FBI and guarded by the Secret Service is where these documents were. That he is chief executive could declassify by saying, you know what? These are declassified. I was with Mike Pence last night uh, at a, uh, a dinner uh, honoring the um, Attorney General Lynn Fitch from uh, Mississippi. Today is uh, the uh, um, March for Life, uh, 50th March for Life event. First ever in the 50 years since Pro Roe v. Wade uh, was uh, uh, shut down or overturned. And it was an amazing conversation. And I'll leave it at that. Um, but let's just say there was commentary about that. And everyone in the room said, well, I'm a private citizen. I don't have that liberty. None of us have that liberty. So they're, they're being massively hypocritical. Naturally. And we expected that. We knew the coverage was going to look one way. Um, on some of the typical legacy media outlets pointing to Trump's uh, fighting of it and why they needed a raid and how Biden is 
working with them to hand it over. He, you know, he should be absolved because he's the good guy that is working <laughs> with these people as they continue to find more documents. There's the thing. Okay. The Bidens got lazy. Let's be honest. They're bad criminals now. And they fell in love with their own name because yes, so many 100%. outside entities have paid them for their name. They felt yeah. they were above the law. They got lazy. I mean, connect the dots. It's pretty simple. Like, here's these documents in a house where Hunter Biden is. Like, you're you're going to tell me right now that Hunter never looked at a declassified document. Right. Like, that would be foolish. Right. Any business right. partners. Like, come on. We, we all know what it is. But, hey, we don't know what's on these documents. Could be something. Could be nothing. The fact of the matter is, is he's not allowed to do it. Plain and simple. Open, shut case. Well, before we move on to another subject, the, the mantra inside the Democrat Party and in particular the Bidens is the rules don't apply to them. Never have. That's it. Never have. That's it. Never have. Never yeah. have. Mike, what were you gonna what were you gonna say, buddy? What were you gonna ask? No, I, I was saying it's 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 never been um I would say equal justice, equal um attention. I mean, look, it's been proven, proven that people inside the Biden administration or Democrat administration we're coordinating with private and public tech groups. That is a fact. And nobody yeah. seems to care. There is coordination on massive social media between one single party. It's like, oh, whatever. It's, and it's, they're going to go even a step further with that bat case, Sheila, which we all know that Sheila I'm talking about. She wants to see the Patriot Act come back. I mean, that the yeah. White Supremacy Act. I mean, you want to talk about they know they have to control the information or they are screwed. They are absolutely screwed. And this is well, where it's, sli it's slipping through their fingers right now. And I'll just I'll just make one one last point on the subject. We will see very quickly which side the Justice Department is on or actually neutral because now that we have Congress and we prove these facts even more in the light of day, and if these guys get hauled before Congress and they don't show up, which they should get arrested, just like Steve Bannon was arrested, we will see where the Justice Department lands on this. Yep. Yeah, yep. 100%. 100%. So I don't think that there is any Democrat leadership at this point. I think that um, they are rudderless. Biden certainly is not the leader of the Democrat Party. It is the moneyed interests who are. Uh, those are the ones that got together with Obama uh, in private chat rooms and ultimately together and said, we got to get rid of this guy, right? <clears throat> Having said that, that makes it much more difficult um, to understand who's actually running the show I, I think it is a mixture of uh, Obama, Susan Rice, um, uh, Anita Dunn, who's actually back in the White House. And interesting enough, her husband, Bob Bauer, who is a private lawyer to Biden, uh, they're, they're married, Anita Dunn and Bob Bauer are married. And um, he's one of the lawyers that originally went to the damn house to look at classified documents. They're trying to keep it all in the little camp there, right? Um, but it's it's not passing legal muster, ethical muster, 
and and the the PR on it is so bad that when you lose MSNBC, the Associated Press, and and the View, you're you're fucked. Okay, I mean you got a real problem. So, just FYI, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. They have a real shit storm coming down on them. It I love the fact that we're going to be able to just lay back popcorn and kind of watch it unfold. And for those of you out there in the audience who aren't familiar with what I was referencing earlier in HR 61, um, it's to prevent and prosecute white supremacy inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white supremacy inspired hate crime and to amend title 18 United States code. Uh, to expand the scope of hate crimes. Now, the one thing that stuck out to me uh, glaringly was some of the language that they used. And they pinned one word, replacement theory. Like, to put that in actual language. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. So, replacement theory is the idea that they are trying to get rid of uh, a white majority oh, and have more, basically, minorities, immigrants, et cetera, et cetera. It's now, part of CRT in the 1619 Project. So it's not about who's best let me, let me, in, no. in the interest of time, let me just disabuse anyone in the audience and anyone else that doesn't know what's going to happen. Sheila Jackson Lee uh, is in the minority. She sits yep. on the Judiciary Committee. That bill is never going to get a hearing out of Judiciary. It's never going to make it to the floor. So it's basically a messaging bill that is a press release, and it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, exactly. Made to divide people further on the basis of race, because unfortunately, the former judge from Houston, Miss Jackson Lee, has been in Congress for 31 years. Uh, is a bigot and a racist. Even though I like her on some things, she fundamentally has uh, these tendencies, and they're they're extraordinarily negative. Absolutely. Um, Mike, you you brought up a question uh, that I want you to restate about um, the top three Dems and top three uh, presidential appointees. Yeah, let's. I mean, think of time today, because I know we wanted to talk about. Republican nominees, we wanted to briefly kind of go over who we all thought winners and losers of this week were. Um, so, Mark, why don't you jump in and start um, top two nominees? Biden and Gavin Newsom on the Democrat side. And so you think Biden actually runs? Because there's a uh, – I think he runs right now. I'll put it to you that way. So just about an hour ago, what is it, it's uh, 11.33, the chubby loser who was on the ticket with Hillary Clinton in 2016, uh, my um, junior senator, Tim Kaine, and he's your senator too, Michael, uh, announced in Richmond that he's running again. It's like, dude, you had to go to Richmond, Virginia, and put out a press release three days ago that said you were going to make an announcement on Friday. (laughs) <laughs> because you're irrelevant for the most part uh, that you're going to run again in 2024. Congratulations, Palooka. Right? 
So you think um, he's a, you think he's a possible nominee, or he's, you think? I he's think no, I'm just saying that that the the party again is in such disarray. They don't know what orbit they want to they want to satellite around. That you have senators that are up for re-election that can win an election again have to you know do this press nonsense because it's the middle of January nobody's listening as if it's like something important. It's like, no, why don't you announce that you gave out uh, grants or did something and then go, yes, of course I'll be here uh, in the 2024 race to help fight for the following. But they don't do that because they're in disarray. Biden is running for now. Trump is running for now. Trump's got an event uh, uh, January 28th in South Carolina with Governor McMaster's, with uh, Lindsey Graham and a couple of House members uh, in the Republican delegation. Gavin Newsom is waiting to see if um, it's worth the fight to take on the old man, right? Or if they take a hit and they see what happens with Trump uh, and then Trump fails in the primary and then it's um, and then it's DeSantis. So it's for me, it's in this order, it's Biden and Trump, Gavin and DeSantis. Harris, you have to at least consider yes. because she's a vice yes. president yes. and the titular co-head of the party. She got 1% in the primary. She's about as uh, popular as smallpox uh, in the party and the rest of the country. So don't waste your time. I think that third candidate who runs, and it ain't Nikki Haley, uh, who just announced yesterday for what president? <laughs> yeah. Wow. See, that's how yeah. much coverage. I mean, I actually do watch the news and I didn't so, even know this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it showed up just on a little clip from Brett bear, but I, I got an email from somebody we all know, uh, yeah. about it. And then, um, I saw that Mike Pompeo put out his book and, and Kellyanne commented on it that they tried to get rid of Pence in 2019. Nikki Haley did it with Jared Kushner and Ivanka, and she confirmed it. And then she had to deny it on Fox News yesterday, sitting in the pastel-colored room there in South Carolina. I like Nikki for a lot of reasons. I've known her since she was a state lawmaker, two-term governor, yada, yada, yada. But to me, and I've said this to you before, Mike, and also to you, Rico, is... You got DeSantis, and then based on polling in this order as vice president, Christy Nome, governor of Idaho, Glenn Youngkin, governor of Virginia, Tim Scott, senator of South Carolina, who I don't want to run. I don't want to see him leave, leave the United States Senate. He's brilliant. He's fabulous. I just don't want him to leave. And then Nikki Haley, and then fill in the blank candidate X. There's like five of them. Uh, in there, on the we ask for two. That's fine. You can throw everybody out there. It's fine. I know, I know, but it's just it's just the reality of, of where it goes, you know, and and um, and that's kind of what I what I think at this point. We'll see. Right, Rico, what do you got? Top two, not 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 sixteen. No, not, top one. not sixteen. Okay, Democrats: uh, Biden, Newsom. Um, I just think that Biden's going to make it through unscathed. I think. Trump's going to make it through unscathed. On the Republican side, it would have to be DeSantis and Trump. Now, I personally, uh, my dark horse is Tim Scott. 
and I have reasons for that. Um, but those would be my top two. All right. And your reasons you, for and your reason for Tim Scott are what? I think Tim Scott is hella good at his job. He can kind of merge marvelous. The, the classic conservative ideals with the MAGA. I think he's one of the only guys that can kind of bring them together. Obviously, color plays into it. I think that would be a huge win because I think African Americans are tired of the representation they've been having. And they just want a winner out there. And I think that that could propel him into maybe a higher betting odd in the Republican nominee. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. We know that race we'll always plays yep. in the politics. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, cool. I think race I think race absolutely does. And we need to show that we're an inclusive party and we are doing very well in the African-American community. Um, Democrat side, Newsom, and I'm going to throw a name at you only because I cheated and looked up um, Democrat nominees because I don't know enough Democrat nominees. <laughs> I looked at it and I'm like, Gretchen Whitmer from Michigan. Jesus, I believe because, and I'll, I'll tell you why I believe based on this article that was read, she uh, she beat a double-digit or uh, rival-endorsed Trump um, person. Mm -hmm. And she had a great night, um, great states. Um, I don't know. I think, and she's a woman and she looks, she's pretty. And she's a pretty woman, unlike Hillary Clinton, who tried to run for president. Mm -hmm. Looks play into it. Yep. Looks play. Here's, here's, yeah, the telegenic part uh, definitely plays into it. Here's a question I have for both of you. Um, who, who could replace Harris? in the 2024 ticket with Biden. I have my own pick, but I mean, I, I don't and think I only have one. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that she would ever give that up. And I don't think the Democrats would allow that. I mean, you really think she'd go either step down or it would take Biden to leave. I think, uh, I think a replacement is, is uh, no, actually I'm not even going to say it. Rico, what's your take on that? If there were a replacement, um, it depends on whether or not they want to try the rebranding of the younger generation. You know, you keep hearing through these uh, more left-leaning media outlets that they get rid of the old guard, bring in the new fresh faces. So I don't have a specific candidate for the young side of the Democrats. If they're sticking with the old war horses, I'd go Pelosi. <laughs> no. I, you know who I think that so, you know who I think the Biden White House would throw in there because they're a bunch of idiots is Buttigieg because they want to be seen <laughs> as. A, I mean, I think they would do it because they're that asinine to think this guy fills the. Um, the LGBTQ. Box. Yes, the LBGTQ seventeen. Like, let's call it what it is. And and he's young. And he's yeah. young. No, his name is definitely on the list. Here's my take: is um, uh, Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer? One of those two. Right? Whoever one, gets that pick, Obama's pick, who he wants to see as president. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of those two. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. So those yeah. are my Democrats. Um, my Republican nominees are Trump, 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 and Trump. Because you saw this guy crushing DeSantis right now. And and I don't want to hear, oh, DeSantis is on the national DeSantis is on the national scene. Everybody knows he's the Republican 
on the national scene. And Trump still crushes him. And, and I just want to tell our audience that Michael does not believe that everybody that gets talked about forever and ever and ever and ever, ever makes it on the ticket. And he historically is correct. Well, I, I, I think DeSantis is a great governor. Everybody wants to buy into him. And I think it's um, I think he's got no shot. And I think Donald Trump wins the um, nominee. You know who I think, uh, Rico? Go ahead, because I, I gotta. I'm gonna tell you who I think will run with him. Okay, um, I think the only shot DeSantis has as of right now is if Trump and Biden aren't able to run. Mm-hmm. I agree. It could be. Mm-hmm. It could be a Trump DeSantis ticket that would be interesting and also predictable, mm-hmm. right? Here's what. Here's what I think. Donald Trump, uh, and I respect him for this, has groomed his children to be oh, solid decision Ivanka? makers. Ivanka? What? Ivanka? No, 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 no. No, hear me out. Have groomed his children to be uh, uh, solid decision makers about their business, learn the business, learn how to make decisions, etc. That is part of his kitchen cabinet. The fact that he's gone after pro-life people and said you're to blame for the loss, et cetera, is because he has um, two uh, spiritually challenged individuals advising him, uh, Rick Grinnell and this other uh, fundraising broad whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, um, who have serious uh, character problems and and has pushed out all these advisors that helped him get over the 2016 ticket. But he is loyal to his family. Nikki Haley. Oh, God. Nikki Haley on the ticket. Well, she was one of the first ones that came out for him. So, yeah. Jared loves him, loves her. Ivanka loves her. Yada, yada, yada. Right? Eric, Eric will go along. Don Jr., you have to drag him over, but he's loyal as AF to his pops, right? I could absolutely see that happening. It is way, way too early for anything to be set in stone, but I could see that happening. Interesting. You know, and it fulfills a lot of demographic. um, Oh, we got, we got, um, I know we got 10 minutes. So I'm going to go with both of you, two each, not 15, Mark, two each. Winners and losers of the week. (laughs) Who did well? Who sucked? Who screwed? Losers. I'm starting with them first. Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden again, and I had another one, but I'll I'll save it for good a minute later. Way to limit it to two, Mark. I'm proud of you. Right? It's like it's like watching a drug addict. Oh, try wait. To only take and the Democrat Party, because nobody expected Debbie Stabenow to actually fucking retire from her Senate seat. Go ahead. All right. My oh, one. And then, and then winners, winners, Jim Jordan. <laughs> um, um, the gift that keeps on giving with classified documents. And uh, and I'll I'll leave it at that right now okay so in my 10 friends six of whom are former clients that got on appropriations put it to you that way (laughs) gotcha all right go we got 10 minutes go rico all right loser for the week kamala harris 
Kamala oh, is part of the border. Oh, yeah, yeah. We all Where? know that. Where was she yesterday? Arizona. In Tonopo, Arizona, baby. Yep. And where did she not go? <laughs> California? The border. Yeah, to the border. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, wow. She is wow. in charge of the border during yeah. a border crisis, and she <laughs> does not are. go to the border. Like, I, there's no words. She's it's a, a layup. Man. It's a layup. Yeah. For it's, her. A layup. it's a layup. Period. So, she's a loser. Uh, winner of the week, Constantine Kitson. Are you guys familiar mm-hmm. with Name. No shot. Who's oh, that? hell yeah. Who's Absolutely. that? It was a great speech. At, so this uh, at guy it was outstanding. Yep. So this guy is a comedian slash podcaster slash satirist. And he went to a university uh, in Oxford. Yeah, he went to, he went to Oxford in, in yeah. Oxford, England. Yeah. A panel on wokeness. Oh, God. And he took on an entire... A college audience about wokeness and gave about a six minute speech, which mm-hmm. floored everybody, got a standing O, and Fantastic. really opened up some minds. And if you guys aren't out there, or if you guys are out there in the audience and you really want to hear just a, a slam dunk of a speech, his name is Constantine Kissin with two K's. That's K Constantine Kissin. Check it out. It's amazing. And he just uses logic. Like, he just uses logic. You can't argue it. It's Well, it's the way that I learned how to argue uh, as a young person. It's the way that I watched William F. Buckley do uh, firing line. It's point, counterpoint. You argue a particular point of view, uh, and, and you put everything on the table. You don't yell and scream at people. You don't delete them or suppress them, etc. And his argument was substantial. It was fantastic. It should be taught in schools, and they need to learn how to teach children how to critically think like this. And Gula. Right. I got. Um, All right, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to go outside politics Uh-oh. to somebody that I think is a complete douchebag, uh, Prince Harry, in this country now. Prince Harry. Absolutely. Had the highest rating on 60 Minutes so far this year. And he has the number one book in the country. And this guy, even from here, and he's a complete douchebag. And he's, I don't like how he is using his family to make money. Period. Period. I don't like it. Pathetic. Um, but he was a winner. Um, I'm going to again, I'm going to stay with one politic, one politic and one actor. Alec Baldwin had a very, very bad week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, charged with manslaughter somehow. I don't really actually believe it. And really quickly, Biden. There's three things. What happened to Biden this week? Three big things. One, the documents. Yep. One, the documents. Two, he literally almost fell asleep in an interview yesterday. <laughs> if you watch the tape, he fell asleep in the interview. And number yep. three, something that did not get any coverage. And I want you. I'm going to tell you this, and then I want you to think about if Donald Trump did this. MLK speech during the MLK speech, he wanted to sing happy birthday to MLK. One, he didn't know where's a happy birthday. And he got to the end and he didn't say MLK's name. He said Alvin. Alvin, the president <laughs> of MLK. Alvin. Did you see him uh wish Coretta happy birthday? Mm-hmm. It was just it was really bad. Happy birthday. Yeah, it was really <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I thought he was going to go like this, you guys. 
Ugh, I was just going to say, if there was, was one other good. loser for the week for inanimate objects, it would have to be the MLK dedication statue in Ugh, Massachusetts. Unreal. The giant penis. Yeah. Nobody statue. looked at this before. I, I don't get it. Did nobody look at this? Kind of. They're kinda. they're on another planet, you guys. Yes, yeah. it is. It is All right, play on which, Super which Bowl. Is true. Super Bowl. They're on another planet, according to yeah. John Kerry, when he says that. We're so smart, we're almost extraterrestrial. Literally came out of Yeah, John Kerry's definitely an extraterrestrial. That's for sure. 100%. He's a psychopath. All right, playoffs, because we're on No Filter Network, boys and girls. So we got to talk sports here. Playoffs, Super Bowl. Who you got, Rico? Who are the the four teams that are going to make it out of the divisionals uh, this weekend? All right. Well, it's going to be... Rapid fire. Boom, boom, Rapid boom. Rapid fire. Boy. It's going to be the Eagles and the Cowboys. I think Brock Purdy's legend uh, comes to die. I think Tom Brady is going to go to San Francisco next year. Write that down. Wow. Um, no. Ooh, wow. nice one. That's Kansas City and Buffalo. Neutral site game. NFL is going to be testing it out. That'll be interesting. Michael? I got it. I got Giants over Eagles, and I got Niners over Cowboys because I love Brock Purdy. He was a Big 12 boy. He's on a roll. And I hate the Eagles. I think they're completely overrated. And I think the Giants are hot. And who wins? Who goes to the Super Bowl? Garbage teams during the season like Cincinnati, and they get hot. And then you got the Giants who are hot. AFC, it's easy. It's Bills, Chiefs. Um, It's it's the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. All right. Minor Eagles, yeah. minor Eagles, Niners, Bills, Chiefs. Don't be surprised if the Giants and the Cowboys are actually in there. That'd be lit. Too. Yeah. That'd well, scratch lit. that. Fuck the Cowboys because I can't stand them. They suck. <laughs> I hate um, uh, the uh, the Bengals because I am I love oh, no. Joe Burrow. But I just, mm, they got a tough game. Yes. They got a tough game, man. Yep. Orchard play. Park is a tough place to play. But we are seeing the future of the NFL with uh, four or five of these guys. I mean, Josh Allen, Burrow, Brock Purdy, you know, uh, these cats are, I mean, you know, yeah. um, uh, the kid from uh, the Chiefs. Why am I blanking Mahomes. on his name? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Love that kid. Trevor kid, Lawrence. That, that sidearm. Jackson Scott. Get out of here. Yeah. Yep. If only my quarterback could be in that mix, Kyler Murray, but he's too busy playing Fortnite with his thumb it's, up his ass. Murray. He doesn't care. That's the problem. These guys get paid too much money. They don't really care. They win, yeah, they, they lose. Don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm a free agent. Fuck it. I got 80 million. Yeah, right. not a problem. I don't care. I don't right. Care. But I love Rico in the in minutes we got left. I I love the fact that you said uh my boy T B is going home uh next year. I love that. It's a big yeah, I love it. Wow. I think it's that a, could be very cool. Yeah, you got to look at what's happening with the Niners. So the, there's two options. One, the Niners go all the way with if Purdy. Purdy gets to the Super Bowl and wins. That, that'll be harder, though. Oh, absolutely. Then you keep Purdy. You got to figure what you're going to do with Trey Lance because they wasted a first-round pick on this guy. Purdy is clearly going to move him out of his spot. Trey Lance, done. So I would guarantee Lynch is already looking at how they're going to get rid of Lance, get some stock, some capital back for him. If Purdy 
doesn't win, then you've got the excuse to go after a Rodgers or a break, break coming back home, Rodgers coming back home. Mm-hmm. Break from that area, Rodgers playing at Cal. They got one year left. You look at it at a, as a GM, we got one year to do this. Yeah. And then you've got Brock Purdy waiting in the wings. So you've got collateral with Trey Lance. And if you don't win it all with Purdy this year, then you can go get one of these other guys. Have Purdy learn under the tutelage of these two Hall of Famers, either or. It's a win-win. Brady, Brady will go uh, um, where a team has the best players. It's like It's like, you know, the the uh, uh, Indy car driver that drives the car right off the assembly line. It's got the most new car smell. It's got everything you need. It's tight. It works. Boom. That's where he'll go. We'll see and where he, that is. That's gonna he be loves tight ends. Kerry Kittle, solid. Oh, solid huge. running game. Christian McCaffrey. Huge. I mean, you put Tom Brady on that team in a number one defense, like game over. Seal yeah, it. Kittle, Kittle is, is Gronk, but – you know, different person. Different, right? Different, different but, cat, but, but he loves a, the he's game. Amazing. Physicality, Absolutely amazing. great blocking tight end, great hands. Like, I could go on and on. I mean, so, t- Tom Brady is just like Tiger Woods. Everybody wants them to do well. I don't care um, if Tom Brady's a douchebag or not. They want Tom Brady to be playing in the NFL. It's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, everybody, uh, and this is the last thing, but everybody bitches oh, about TB, and I go, hey, who can do this? Because I can count to seven. So can he. You know well, I mean? it was clear, very clear that his personal <laughs> life caught up to him this season because yep. that yeah, sucked. I mean, yeah. he looked pale. He was a shell of himself. Like I've never that yeah. it looked like the end it of sucked. Tom Brady. Like it was weird watching yeah, him well, like so My wife just, my wife said marry an American next time, not not somebody who's not from here. She's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking pain in the ass. Giselle. Giselle bye. Enjoy enjoy the enjoy the wrinkle cream. Yeah. yeah. Love you. Tom Bye. had a lot on his plate. Giselle, family, FTX. He did. Uh, it, it just all came to a culmination. When 100%. they got down, he just couldn't handle it. I want to thank you guys. You guys are awesome. We're going to do this again uh, next week, possibly twice. We're working on a schedule. So, um, Michael, thank you. This is fantastic. Uncle Absolutely. Rico, as always, my brother, I appreciate you. Love you guys. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the Mason family. Uh, We've been going through some issues uh, recently, the passing of a grandmother. And, you know, you see that stuff firsthand. And it kind of reminds you of the value of life. Like it's a hurtful time, but it's also a blessing because you get to realize how much value there is in life and how none of it is guaranteed. So love your... Hug your loved ones. If there's somebody you haven't called, call them. Tell them you love them. Don't 100%. Wait. 100%. <laughs> great. Guys, we'll talk soon. I appreciate right, you. Great. Thanks, everybody. Talk soon. Love you guys. See you. Later. Later.